It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. All right, it's always game day in Buffalo. Bills getting set to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers Sunday at 1 o'clock here at Highmark Stadium, where I am standing with Matt Bove from Channel 7. I'm Sal Capaccio. Welcome back into another podcast. Thanks for downloading, subscribing, and all that stuff that we ask you to do. Five-star rating and telling everybody how great this podcast is. We hope it is. Matt, let's start off with the news of the day, I think, before we head out to practice. Tavon Austin and the Bills have agreed to mutually part ways. Tavon, unhappy with his lack of opportunity to see the field, and people would say, what do you mean? Like, when would he see the field? Well, this week would be the week, so I'm guessing maybe they told him, hey, dude, I know we're down, guys, but you're not going to play. My guess, and once again, this is a guess, is that they decided to go with somebody else who might be Isaiah Hodgins to have to elevate into the role on Sunday considering the injuries that they have. We're talking about Jamison Crowder. We're talking about Isaiah McKenzie and the concussion protocol. Obviously, Jay Kumaro. So if he's sitting there, Tavon Austin, it was like, well, this is my opportunity. If I'm not going to get it now, I'm never going to get it. Maybe they were like, okay, it's fine. If you want to leave, no big deal. So that's kind of what I'm assuming happened. Surprising, though, because we thought he might get on the field. And on top of that, he just played the role of Lamar last week. You would think maybe he says, hey, I just did you guys this. Um, but, hey, look, this is a tough business. We all know that. All right, so let's move on to where does this leave the Bills? So, I mean, looking and thinking about Isaiah McKenzie's situation, he may or may not play, but the Bills did get Ryan Bates last week mm-hmm. back after concussion protocol. Even if Isaiah plays, then you have Khalil Shakir returning punts most likely. They probably do have to go with somebody else at least to be ready. Even if it's not dressing, you may want to have somebody on the ready. Do you think that's Isaiah Hodgins. I do because I think Isaiah Hodgins resembles a little bit of what Gabe Davis can do. And Gabe Davis, at least from our vantage point, has not looked 100%. And he continues to battle an injury. So if you have him dinged up, you already are without Jay Kumaro. You need a body. You need somebody who's a bigger guy. And that's what Isaiah Hodgins is. So my guess is that the kind of chain of command is going to be Diggs, Davis, McKenzie, if he's available, Shakir, and then it's the next guy, which I think in this case is probably Hodgins. So I think there's a chance we see him on the field on Sunday just based off of what we've seen at practice and based off of kind of Tavon Austin leaving. 
It just kind of makes sense. So Matt and I are standing here on a Wednesday. Things are going to change by Friday. But Matt, kind of give us a sense and the listeners a sense of what we're looking at injury-wise outside of that. We got Ed Oliver. We got a couple other guys. A couple guys not practicing today. And then maybe getting some guys back. You know, kind of what you read about where this team stands based on where they've been the last few weeks. Well, I think they're much healthier now than they were a couple weeks ago. But that still doesn't mean they're healthy because they are dealing with injuries like a lot of injuries. So we know right now Tredavious White has not practiced. Now we're coming to you on Wednesday. This was the first week he was eligible to come off pup. My guess is that doesn't happen. which is not a major surprise. The bye week is so close. Let's get everybody healthy. Let's get to the bye, and then you can reevaluate the situation. As far as Ed Oliver and Jordan Phillips are concerned, they were both limited on Wednesday. That's a good sign because they were at least out on the practice field. We did see before the game on Sunday against the Ravens, Ed Oliver was giving it a go. He was working with trainers to see how much he could do. I think that's also a good sign because that tells me maybe he was close against the Ravens. They wanted to be a little extra cautious. I'm optimistic he returns. Jordan Phillips, this is the first time we've seen him in a couple weeks. That makes me think that maybe it's a long shot that he plays, but he was limited, so at least there's some optimism there. And then as far as Isaiah McKenzie is concerned, especially with everything going on in Miami, concussions are such a tough one to speculate. I've got no idea what's going to happen. The fact that we saw him out at practice, the fact that he was hanging around his team after the game on Sunday, that leads me to believe that he's doing okay. But I don't know the difference between doing okay being able to hang around your team and putting on a helmet again and going out on the field in an NFL game so that's where I don't know what happens Tremaine Edmonds did not practice on Wednesday he has a hamstring injury Jordan Poyer named AFC defensive player of the week for his performance against the Ravens did not practice Dawson Knox didn't practice at this point what was it coming to you on Wednesday I don't think there's any concern with these guys the hamstring is a little concerning but he did finish the game which is always a great sign he did finish the game Jordan Poyer's an interesting one because it was sore ribs but he looked like he was in pain after he made that interception because he took a hit as he brought in that ball he said after the game on Sunday he's fine I think this is another one of those situations Jordan Poyer doesn't need to practice every day he knows this defense he knows what they're trying to do he also knows how banged up the team is it's not a vet rest day but I think it's closer to a vet rest day than it is to uh this guy's really injured and isn't ready to go practice all right so we talked about Tredavious White maybe being ready to play soon we know Christian Benford's most likely not going to play in fact Sean McDermott said a couple of games a couple weeks ago or last week so we think that's not going to happen that being said I think Matt this secondary the way they've played like you can even take a step back and say hey I think we're kind of good here. We'll get to the opponent in a minute, but no matter who they're playing, it just seems like Kyrie Elam has stepped up. Dean Jackson back, obviously great news there. He has stepped up. Damar Hamlin actually gets the start over Jaquan Johnson last week. A little surprise, but I think the Bills feel really good about their young depth. I think they do, and I think it might actually turn into a position of strength long-term as opposed to a position that was maybe the most questionable heading into the season. So, assuming nothing changes, they're going to start this week, Dane Jackson and Kyrie Elam. Both have done very commendable jobs for this team eventually they'll have those two they'll have Christian Benford they'll have Trey White who will definitely be starting and they're gonna have Xavier Rhodes come back at some point like that's a really strong kind of lineup at least on the boundary and then with the safeties DeMar Hamlin has done a commendable job for Micah Hyde Jaquan Johnson did a pretty good job they're not Micah Hyde but they're serviceable players. They're players who have deserved a chance to give an opportunity, you know, to be out on the field. So I think they are in a good place secondary wise. I think they're in a really good place with their corners. You want to get Trey back as soon as possible, but 
Benford has looked great when he was on the field. Elam has exceeded expectations. There were some questions about Elam when we started the season, but four weeks in, they've all done a pretty good job, and I give them credit because I wasn't sure that's how it was going to play out. Let me just reset for everybody what happens with Tredavious White here, and for that matter, Xavier Rhodes. So Tredavious White is on the pup list. That's where he's been all year. So he can start practicing at any time. He's missed his required four games minimum. The Bills don't have to let him practice. He can stay on the pup all year, essentially. But once he starts practicing, once he steps foot on the practice field, they have 21 days to put him on the active roster or on the IR, and then the IR, he'd miss another four games. They're not going to activate him, then practice him. He's going to practice first, then activate. There's just no reason to do that. You'd be putting yourself in a weird spot. So that's what has to happen with him. Marquez Stevenson, same thing. He's on injured reserve right now. He can come back, start practicing, 21-day window. If he's not activated, he goes back on IR to end the season. Not Trey. He would be on IR for another four games. And then with Xavier Rhodes, I don't know, Matt. It feels like maybe injury settlement coming at some point. Who knows? Maybe they just move on. Or... He misses four games. They put him back in the practice squad to have depth. I think that's what you do, especially because of the experience that he has. And this team is not necessarily thinking about the regular season. You're thinking about how far in the playoffs you can go, and you want those extra bodies. So I think the fact that they already have him kind of in the organization under the umbrella of the team, it makes way more sense to keep him around on the practice squad to me because I don't think there's really any risk involved. I think you're trying to win a Super Bowl, so if you've got that guy, if nothing else, he can be almost a coach to some of these younger players because he has seen so much in this league. So to me, I think keep him around. I think the real interesting question is whenever Tredavious White comes back, he is going to be on the field. How do they split up the reps between Kyrie, Benford, and Dane? Because a lot of them have done enough to earn playing time. So it's a really interesting conversation. It's also a very good problem to have. Yeah, no doubt about it. And of course, what you just said, I mean, when they have all these guys healthy, they could really be in a situation where they're super strong. And I'll even say this. Maybe you do start to get a guy like Benford learning a little safety. Maybe you do start to move some things around because the Bills like to have their options. They like to have guys that can kind of be flexible. And we've seen Benford play uh, safety in college. We know he can do that. Maybe down the road. I'm not predicting he comes back as a safety. What I'm saying is you don't have to go out and sign another safety necessarily. You can have him. Cam Lewis is still in the building. He's on the team. He can do that. So the flexibility matters here too. Absolutely it does. And that's something that this team is so all in on. They want position flexibility. They want to make sure that all of their players can do a little bit of everything. So a better position than I thought. We're four weeks into the season. They're three and one. They've been bit by the injury bug. They've not played their best football, and still they're three and one. So they're in a good spot to have. They're in a good position right now. The question becomes: Can they improve to four and one? So for more on their opponent this week, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I chatted with our old pal Jenna Harner down in Pittsburgh to talk about the matchup. Hey, it's Sal Capaccio from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. It's not just a podcast, it's the 25th hour of your day. Your weekly source for all things Buffalo Bills. Right on time, your time. In the car, navigate the streets with NFL wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow It's Always Game Day in Buffalo in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. 
Welcome back, everybody. We are now joined by our old Buffalo pal, Jenna Harner. She moved to three and a half hours away. She's now an anchor reporter at WPXI in Pittsburgh. We miss her up here in Buffalo, but these days she's covering the Steelers. Thank you, Jenna, for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. I'm glad to be back and talking some, you know, Bills Steelers football. I feel like this game gets played every year. And even Mike Tomlin said the other day, it feels like a division game at this point because they just play each other. It honest to God feels like every year at this rate. Yeah. I'm so sick of hearing about Sean McDermott and Mike Tomlin being college teammates. <laughs> like we've heard that story like four or five years in a row. Now we get it. We get it. But obviously this game has a little bit extra juice now with the Kenny Pickett news. Are you surprised? Did you think they made the right decision? I think now that what we've seen, they've made the right decision, but I did not anticipate that happening at all last week against the Jets. We, from everything we'd been hearing, from everything that the direction this was trending, it really seemed like, okay, this was going to be, if they were going to make a move, it was going to be a move they were going to make after the bye week, which for the Steelers is week nine. So this was one of those you know, we're looking in a ha- at halftime on the um, Jets game, and I'm looking, and I'm like, Mitch Trubisky's in a baseball hat right now. What is happening? And you see Kenny Pickett warming up, and then there's that buzz that goes around the press box, and we're like, uh, is this about to happen right now? Are we really about to experience this? And we did. Um, and then, obviously, on Tuesday, Tomlin making things official and saying, yeah, um, Kenny's our quarterback for right now. We're not looking too far in the future, but at least this week um, against Buffalo, Kenny Pickett will make his first start. So I think a lot of people here in Buffalo have immediately just kind of like looked at the box score from the Jets game and they're like, okay, well, he had a touchdown, but he also had three interceptions. Obviously, it's a very small sample size, but in that sample size, what did you see from Kenny Pickett? Because I'm sure you were watching him a heck of a lot closer than anybody here in Buffalo was. Well, when you look at the interceptions, two are kind of deceiving. One was a Hail Mary at the end, so take that out in my book. And the first pass he threw that was an interception to Chase Claypool, it went off Claypool's hands. It's kind of one of those, you know, should it have been the receiver's fault? Should it have been the quarterback's fault? It was a very well-thrown ball. It was kind of one of those, Kenny made it up, uh, you know, threw it up and made Claypool make a jump play. And actually, ironically enough, Kenny's former uh, pit teammate, Jordan Whitehead, was the one that picked that off. Um, so, but the one he did, the interception, he did throw to Pat Fryermuth, in my opinion, that was kind of a not great decision from the quarterback, but the most intriguing part was just the spark he created. And I know it's kind of one of those, is it tangible? Is it not? And the crowd, you know, week in, week out, had kind of been calling for Kenny Pickett. But when you saw him out there, there was something entirely different among that offense. They looked sharp. They looked quick. They looked like an offense we haven't seen from this team all year. And it was one of the most fascinating things where you really could see it. And then the crowd got into it. And afterward we're talking to the players and they're saying, yeah, you really felt the crowd behind us. And, you know, we wanted to kind of carry that momentum with us. So Kenny Pickett is definitely a rookie that commands a huddle in ways that you don't necessarily see a lot of rookies do it. And we're already kind of seeing that, but that's also kind of just who he is. That goes back to his pit days. And you talk to his teammates, his former teammates, they love what he brings to the huddle, but they definitely no doubt have a huge task ahead this week in the bills. And they know that, and there is some familiarity. I'm sure as you guys have talked, we talk about, you know, the McDermott and the Mike Tomlin teammates, but I'm sure there's been so much talk about the fact that, Oh, Kenny Pickett played against or played with Dane Jackson and Damar Hamlin. And there's a lot of, you know, pit connections there too. Lots of pit connections in this game. Not something I was anticipating going into it, but here we are. What has been the issue though? Cause you know, I know Trubisky was not playing well, but they've got 
a really good running back. They've got some really good wide receivers. Like on paper, it looks like they should be better. What has been the problem with the offense? It's just been kind of a lack of consistency. And that was the big questions for, you know, leading up to now with Kenny Pickett starting, there was so many questions about why isn't this offense working? What's not going well here. A lot of it, honestly, just was, this is what the players told us too, but they really all weren't on the same page. They're trying to get there. They're trying to do that. But when you're going three and out consistently, there were so many times throughout their first three games where the offense would trot out on the field, go three and out. This is also an offense that, hasn't scored a touchdown in the first quarter, not even on the opening drive in the first quarter since week 10 of last year, week 10 of 2021 against the Detroit lions with Mason Rudolph as quarterback was the last time this offense scored a touchdown in the first quarter. So it's been slow going. They've kind of, you know, the offensive line coming into this season was a big question mark. They look to kind of be the big, you know, game breaker. What wasn't going to work for this offense heading into this season. And they've actually been pretty decent. You know, that's been kind of one of the big surprises on the offense, but they just haven't been able to get a whole lot going. And that is why Mike Tomlin did say he turned to Kenny Pickett. And I think that this week you're going to see a lot more of this offense, you know, at least putting drives together. They just haven't been able to make consistent drives. And prior to last week, they were in the bottom five in the whole league of time of possession. And it's just fascinating that, I mean, it makes sense, but when your offense isn't going, your defense is on the field for so much longer, your defense is getting gassed. And as a result, they're just losing games. They've continued to lose games after beating the Bengals week one. I know the Steelers bread and butter for basically their entire franchise history has been their defense. And I also know that losing TJ Watt is a massive blow. He was the best player on defense, probably in the NFL last year for the rest of the unit. How have they started this year? How has the defense looked? Because obviously bills fans very interested because they know the bills offense is also kind of their bread and butter. Yeah. And that's going to be a huge matchup that I'm really locked in on this week because the Steelers defense coming into this year, you kind of expected, okay, this is going to be the unit that kind of carries teams or carries games here. They're really going to be the ones, you know, they're going to make those big splash plays as Mike Tomlin calls them. Mika Fitzpatrick is going to get picks. TJ Watts going to force sacks, you know, or force fumbles with sacks, same with Alex Highsmith, same with Cam Hayward, but without TJ Watt, this team continues to be winless. They are now Owen seven without TJ Watt in his entire career. They've been winless when TJ Watt is not on the field. And that was something that you thought was going to change at some point cam hayward has been talking about that for the steelers consistently but they can't stop the run if i'm the bills this weekend just run the ball i know you have josh allen even let josh allen go run and you know mike tomlin i'm I'm sure you saw on twitter had a very uh hilarious comment i loved it he asked basically you know how do you stop josh challenges explosive playmaking he was referencing a play against the ravens it was a fourth down it looked like kind of allen was dead in the water and then he escaped and you know does what he does consistently and mike dumlin joked he goes build a fence i'm like yep nope that seems about right and we all laughed in the room but i mean the steelers defense there's definitely still a lot of question marks i mean alex highsmith is taking a huge step forward. He set a goal for himself to start the season. He wanted to have 10 or double digit sacks. He's already at five and a half and he's been looking really, really good, but they just haven't been able to generate pressure the way they normally can without TJ Watt. And of course that makes sense. TJ Watts continuously getting doubled. So you have other guys being able to make plays, but they can't stop the run. And that's been such an issue that you saw it against the Browns. You saw it against the Patriots. The Patriots are having a late game drive and they seal it with a touchdown at the end. The same thing happened last week with the jets. They can't get off the field 
in what Mike Tomlin calls those weighty downs, you know, obviously third down, fourth down situations, but it's been a lot of third and longs too, that teams have capitalized on. So moments you think, all right, you know, the Steelers defense just needs to keep them ahead of the sticks. And, you know, Mac Jones hits Nelson Aguilar for a 30 yard pass on third and 15. So, and that's where the bills have been thriving because they yeah. have Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and so on and so on. We were talking before, I remember this specifically, we were talking before the season opener last year. So the bills are coming off that crazy season where they go to the AFC championship. The Steelers were kind of what the Steelers have been for a long time. They were a contender, but maybe not to the same level. And the bills were big favorites in that game. And we were talking about if the bills were going to win and we were both kind of like, well, the Steelers should have a chance, but we both think the bills are going to win. And then they lost and everybody in Buffalo panicked. So as we go into this game, what's your sense? Like, what do the Steelers have to do this time to get a win? Understanding, you know, Vegas thinks it's a two touchdown game. Yeah. And this is actually like historic odds. The Steelers have never been a point underdog since I believe the AFL NFL merger which is just crazy to think about just because again, how historic this defense is and, you know, year after year, how they're able to keep games so close and, you know, have those few blowouts just because we know how much parity there is in the league. I don't think this will be, I, I think the bills win this game. I very realistically think just on paper, the bills are a better team, especially right now. You know, there's question marks in terms of injuries for Steelers on the defense. I think that they're going to be okay with what we've kind of been hearing throughout the week, but obviously going to have to keep an eye on that injury report. I just think that the bills offense is going to be too much right now for what the Steelers defense has been dealing with lately. I mean, just the caliber of quarterbacks the Steelers have been going against, they were able to look really good week one against Joe Burrow and the Bengals, but also you take a little bit of consideration. Okay. It's week one. Joe Burrow didn't get a ton of playing time during the preseason. So I kind of, you know, throw that out the window, but you know, Zach Wilson looked pretty decent in his first start back. You had Mac Jones looking really good um, against, again, teams that usually look really good or a defense that looks really good um, against rookie quarterbacks. And then obviously this team has seen Josh Allen. They know what he can do. And we've seen him progressively get better and better year after year. So I think he continues to take those steps and be that elite quarterback that the Steelers are going to have kind of trouble facing defensively. But I also think that on the offensive side, this might be one of those weird shootout type weeks where Kenny Pickett just lights it up because the game plan is, Hey, take shots downfield. That's one thing too, that you see more. And obviously with the bills, you guys know Mitch Trubisky pretty well from his time in Buffalo. But one of the biggest differences that I've really seen is the fact that even when Kenny Pickett was out there, he wasn't afraid to take those deep shots. His first passes, you know, a deep shot to chase Claypool. And yes, it was an interception as we talked about before, but you're seeing him just say, Hey, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to take a massive hit and I will release the ball. There was one fantastic play. He had to Pat Fryermuth on third down where Quincy, um, I always do Quincy Williams or Quinn Williams. One of them's just coming in and just absolutely just like clocks him, takes him down. And he just like released a dart. It was like a 22 yard pass up the middle of the Pat Fryermuth picket gets up and is just like grinning and kind of, you know, <laughs> had some uh, choice words for uh, Williams on the other side of the ball there. But I think you'll definitely see that just, you know, him going out there, not being afraid to, you know, let it fly and take some chances. And will it result in some good things? Will it result in a Jordan Foyer interception? Because what we saw last week, it might. So um, I think the Bills will win this game. I think it'll be closer than a lot of people anticipate, though, just because kind of that change in offense. And you, again, I mentioned this, but you really saw what this offense, how they looked, how they wanted to play. And then we were talking to guys in the locker room, Deontay Johnson saying, you know, 
he has trust in you and that makes you want to go out there and make plays for him and not a slight to Mitch Trubisky, but just more of a, ah, that's intriguing that you said that in that way type thing. I am so mad that Mike Tomlin robbed us of an MVP Mitch Trubisky revenge game, but I guess it's going to be kind of cool to see Kenny Pickett's first start. Jenna, as you come back to Buffalo this weekend, what is the one thing you miss about Buffalo more than maybe anything else? Oh my gosh. Well, the easy answer of course is the wings. Cause just, I mean, you go other places and there's nothing like them. I mean, there's good wings in Pittsburgh, nothing near quality, nothing near the caliber of Buffalo, but I'll be cheesy and sentimental and say the people because great people like yourself, all the uh, former media colleagues in Buffalo and just everybody up there. I mean, you guys are the best of the best. Some of my favorite people. And I tell everybody all that all the time. Everyone's like, Oh my God, are you so excited to go back to Buffalo? I'm like, yes, I get to see my people. So um, you guys are all the best. All the, uh, the Bills media contingent, the Sabres media contingent uh, definitely always has a place in my heart. And it's always great to be back. That's so nice of you to say. And it was so sentimental. I immediately thought you were going to just say like, oh, the food, because that's what everybody <laughs> says. But you kind of got True. both in there. So I hope you have a fun weekend back in Buffalo. We're excited to see you on Sunday in the press box. Hopefully the Bills have a nice spread out for you because the food in the press box has been outstanding so far this year. So it's exciting. It's going to be great to see you. And thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Of course. I'm so glad to join you. And I'm excited for this press box food because let me tell you, Cincinnati, I will uh, say things all day about it. I don't want Skyline Chili on pasta at halftime. I just don't. No, I'm with with you on that. No, (laughs) thank you. You know what? We'll, We'll have a better meal for you in Buffalo. Thank you, Jenna. Thanks, Matt. Good to see you. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we love hearing from Jenna. We miss her over here, but love the fact that she's so successful in Pittsburgh. She's doing a great job over there. So thank you, Matt, for talking with her. By the way, if you hear the doors and the trucks and everything, Matt and I are actually standing right outside the field house. We're getting ready to go back out to practice here in the locker room to hear from the Bills players. And one of the things we're going to ask them, Matt, is what do you think about playing a rookie quarterback? How do you defend against a guy you've never seen on film other than a half of football and some preseason action? I'm surprised that this is the spot Mike Tomlin is going to start him. But at the same time, he had no other choice. Once he went to him last week, he can't go back to Mitch Trubisky. I kind of love it. I love the idea of trial by fire. And that's not just in the NFL. That's almost in any way of life. I think that the best way you learn is to just get thrown into a situation and it's sink or swim. So, yeah, he's going to have his hands full. But every game is a tough game in the NFL. Yeah, the Bills are good, but the Bills are also banged up. Lean on everybody else that you have. Make sure that the coaching staff has you ready to go. And I think that he might have a little bit of success. Not a ton of success. The Bills are really, really good defensively, but I respect the fact that Tomlin's throwing him out there. Oh, by the way, there are some guys in the Bills locker room who really know a lot about Kenny Pickett. He played with DeMar Hamlin and Dane Jackson at Pitt. That's a great point. So those guys are going to have some familiarity. He's going to know a little bit about the Bills defense because of those two, but they're going to know something about him too, and I'm sure they're talking to their teammates this week about that. And look, I'm not trying to be coach speak when I say this. If you're a Bills fan, listen to this and thinking, oh my God, rookie quarterback licking your chops. Fine. I get it. I understand it. I'm just telling you, Mike Tomlin's 
pixie dust works in these situations sometimes where he's just so good at getting his team to kind of rally around being us against the world. He is so good at being an underdog. This is the largest underdog they've ever been in their history, 14 and a half points. I do think the Steelers will be competitive. I think they're going to come up with some new wrinkles. I think they're going to do whatever they can to make sure they try and keep Josh Allen and company off the field. And look, I think Kenny Pickett's going to try to make some plays down the field, and that's all it takes. Remember what happened last year? A blocked punt changed this game. That's the kind of game the Steelers are going to want to play. 14 and a half points is a big spread. That's a really big spread. And it, to me, almost feels like Vegas thinks the Bills are going to win by even more, and they're just betting on people taking the Steelers' with that spread, but I don't know. I don't love the idea of the Bills winning by that much. I think with what happened last year, with Mike Tomlin always being a guy who can kind of hang around in games, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that they beat the Bengals. That was this year. That was three weeks ago. Joe Burrow's a really good quarterback. I know he had some time in the offseason that he missed. They're getting what I think will be a step up at quarterback with Kenny Pickett compared to Mitch Trubisky. So I think the Steelers are going to hang around in this game. I still think the Bills are the better team. I don't think the Steelers are that good. But I do think that, you know, it would be ridiculous to write them off. No doubt about it. We'll see it on Sunday. By the way, Sunday's weather is going to look really good. It might be a little cooler in the 50s, maybe to 60 degrees, but sunny, maybe a bit breezy. When's the last time you can remember being inside this stadium that we're standing right near on a Sunday afternoon game that it was really nice weather? I think the Washington game last year. I think it was super windy, though. Super windy that game, if I remember correctly. It's always, it's always no breeze in the press box, Sal. <laughs> I think... Now, wait a minute. What about last year's opening day against the Steelers? It was, it was weird. It was hit or miss. I think it rained at the beginning of the day, and then after that, it eventually cleared up. But I think the only game last year where there wasn't super bad weather was the Washington game, that 1 o'clock game. So this weekend looks perfect. And considering we're coming off of the Baltimore game and the Miami game, that is such a welcomed sight. Because also, just a 1 o'clock Sunday game is amazing. I've missed those. I know it comes with the territory of being a good team. Sunday 1 o'clock games are perfect, especially in the fall. Last year, horrible weather for all the home games. Believe it or not, the year before that, no fans. The best weather. Seattle was great. LA Rams was great. Jets opening day was great, right? Now we're getting back here in the stadium. Fans are going to be rocking. I know the Steelers fans like to travel. They're going to be doing that as well. Before we get to our final thoughts and prediction, go ahead. So I was actually, tickets to this game are wild. Oh, yeah. I've got a buddy who works at our station, and he has season tickets, and he sold his tickets for $250 more than the face value each. He made like $600 off of his tickets that are just they're normal. T- it's not like they're unbelievable seats. They're in like the middle level, whatever that even is even called these days. But tickets are a super hot commodity to this game. It's going to be unbelievable. Great atmosphere. Can't wait for it. I love rolling in here on a morning like 8 o'clock and smelling it already, the, the, the smells. Okay, so before we get to our um, picks for this game, let's just touch on the offense against this Pittsburgh defense for a minute. No T.J. Watt. That's a really big deal. He wrecked the Bills last year. No Melvin Ingram. We know that. He's not there. Stephen Tewitt has retired. They're a little bit banged up in their secondary. It's also the weather. Is this a game where we see the Bills just say, aerial assault, let's get Josh Allen rolling, let's push it down the field? No. This is a game when they try and get the run game going. All right. I love it. That's what I think. And I know that's going to drive some people crazy, but I think they're going to be able to move the ball effectively 
in the air, but they're going to put an emphasis on the ground and pound. And I know there's going to be most of you who are sitting here rolling your eyes and being like, oh my gosh, that is ridiculous. But I do really think that they want to try and get Singletary, Moss, and maybe even Cook a little bit more involved in the run game. So I think this is the week to do it because the Steelers have struggled against the run this year. I think this would be a good confidence builder for those running backs. They were better in the second half than they were in the first half against the Ravens. That doesn't mean sit Josh Allen in your fantasy league. Don't bet his props, anything like that. He could be part of the run game and score. That's what I mean. He absolutely can. So to me, it just says, I don't think this is going to be a day when they throw it 50 times, when they throw it 60 times. I think it's going to be a lot more balanced. And I think that that actually helps the Bills. All right. So does that mean lower scoring game? What are you you thinking here? No, it doesn't mean lower scoring game. I don't think. I think the Bills are going to put up at least 30, which is tricky because we're coming off of two games when they haven't put up 30. I mean, they only put up 23 last week, 19 the week before. I'm going to say Bills 21. Steel- 20, you mean 31? Excuse me, Bills 31, good catch. Bills 31, Steelers 21. I like the 31. I was also thinking 31. So I'll just go with Ticklow. I'll say 30. I think they can get to 30. Um, I'm going to say 13. I cannot see the Steelers getting into the 20s at all. So I'm going to say 30 to 13, Bills. That means they would cover, cover the spread, obviously. That's a cover. I don't think they're going to co- – I, I don't like that. I don't like 14 and a half. If I was laying money on this game, I don't think I would put the Bills. Ten, 10 is about right for you? Um, I'd say nine and a half. I would say nine and a half would be like where I would set the line. A lot of times with games, that's what I like to do. I like to try and figure out where I think the line would be and then figure out what Vegas thinks and see where the discrepancy is. And if it's close, then I think it's a pretty good bet. If it's not close, then I try and take advantage of that situation. So to me, I think the Steelers are going to cover, but I think the Bills are going to win pretty handedly. Well, if it's a run game, maybe it's a James Cook get-right game. We can definitely discuss that next week when we see how it unfolds. All right, you ready to go in the locker room here? I'm ready to go in the locker room. I'm ready to talk to Dane into DeMar about their old pal, Kenny Pickett. I want to see what they have to say. And, yeah, that's pretty good. All right, for Matt, I'm Sal. Thanks for tuning in once again. It's always game day in Buffalo. Odyssey app, Apple iTunes, Spotify, wherever you pod. Thanks a lot for downloading, subscribing. Throw us that rating and five-star rating and nice review, please.